Mindset Athlete Podcast, and I'm your host, James Roberts. I'm a two-time Paralympian and owner of James Robert Fitness, which is an online training, nutrition, and mindset coaching business. And each week on the Mindset Athlete, we like to bring you inspirational athletes, a message, or experts talking about human optimization to teach you how to change your perception of your mindset and become 1% better. And on today's show, I've got Kelly Baker. So welcome onto the show, Kelly. Hi, James. So obviously, before we get started, I'd like to wish you a very well. As we're recording, it's the 27th. So obviously, I hope you had a great Christmas and obviously a happy new year because we're kind of in that dead space, as we, as we like to call it. <laughs> yeah, it's been an absolutely crazy one. Came back from Mexico three days before Christmas. Um, so it's literally been hectic, crazy, but we got there and it's all over now. Um, so back to normality. So before we delve into today's episode, Kelly, for, the, for those that don't know of you per se or what you do, can you kind of give a brief overview for the listeners? Yeah, um, I'll try and keep it short. Um, bit of a diverse background. Um, I've done CrossFit now for about seven years. Um, prior to that, I weren't really a massive sports person. Um, I did a little bit of snowboarding, um, gymnastics, but not heavily into competing or anything like that. Um, I actually found CrossFit by chance. Uh, I was going to a normal gym, not a massive fan. Um, and it was actually my hobby that had seen CrossFit online. I said, I've seen this really cool thing. Do you fancy giving it a go? So we did a wad in the middle of a normal gym. <laughs> Got a few crazy looks. Um, and that was it really, hooked from that day. Um, tried doing workouts there for about a month. Um, anyone who does CrossFit knows that you can't really do CrossFit in a regular gym. It's quite hard. So found my nearest CrossFit box and never looked back, basically. Um, yeah, so absolutely fell in love with it from then. Um, went from being not particularly a gym lover into training more or less every day, um, as you do. <laughs> Most CrossFitters are the same. Um, but yeah, where I am now, I um, I used to actually be a midwife, um, so completely different to what I'm doing now. Um, working really long shifts, anyone that knows the NHS, super understaffed. Um, never any breaks. Um, night shifts just didn't agree with me at all. Um, so I did that for a few years. Really struggled working the hours and under the pressures. Um, <clears throat> and a couple of years into my midwifery, I was talking to um, a friend that I was training with and the seed was planted about opening our own box. Um, sounded a bit of a crazy idea at the time, kind of laughed it off. Um, but obviously that seed never went away. And 
long story to short, I ended up leaving midwifery um, to open a box, which my family and friends thought I was absolutely crazy, leaving um, obviously a pretty decent job, security and all that, um, going into the unknown, something completely different to what I was doing. Um, but yeah, a lot of hurdles to get over, but we finally got there, got the box, lots of problems with planning. Um, but yeah, I, I own CrossFit Barnsley um, along with um, Tony Parrott, my business partner. And we've been open for about 18 months now. Um, and yeah, going pretty well. Absolutely love it. No regrets. So that's okay. a little bit about me. <laughs> and Kelly, you talk about the the notion of kind of going from somebody that wasn't sporty previously to doing it on a, on a day-to-day basis. What was kind of the mental shift, first of all, for you not wanting to do sport at a young age is that is that the disconnect that you had from past experience with school um yeah I was never a fan of PE at school I absolutely hated it um in fact I'll tell you a little story um when I was about 12 I was role-playing with my grandma (laughs) she knows this um role-playing in her kitchen one day we were playing school and during that role play, um, I asked her to write me a note for PE to get out of it. Little did she know at the time, I actually used that note, <laughs> took it to school and got out of PE. Um, but yeah, so that's just a fun little thing that, yeah, she weren't very happy about. So yeah, not into PE at all, hated it. Um I did gymnastics on the side when I was at school. Quite enjoyed that. Um, did a few little shows, but nothing nothing ever came of it, really. Um, when I got into CrossFit, again, it was never about competing. It was never, I never thought, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I never really had a goal from it. It's just, it all started, that first feeling when I did the first WOD how hard it was when you laid on the floor at the end of it thinking my god what the hell was that um and you're wondering while you're going through it why the hell are you doing it but then you go back for more the the day after so that's how it grew for me it was just wanting more and more and more and the feeling that you got at the end of it um so it was more about the love of the sport rather than that I wanted to compete in it or anything like that. Um, but about three months down the line, I'd not been doing CrossFit long at all. Um, my coach at the time signed me up for a competition. It was just a fun little local one, nothing too serious. Um, so nervous, questioned why I'd entered it, as you do. Um, but did it, went pretty well, learnt a lot from it. And then another one came and another one came and that's just how it's gone really for me um even to this day I'm still competing got European championships coming up soon in January still get super nervous um even after all these comps that I've done I don't think that feeling will probably ever leave to be honest um 
but yeah that's kind of where I am with it all I just enjoy enjoy what I'm doing and I'll keep doing it as long as I'm enjoying it, really but you Kelly you, you mentioned obviously the ward for the people that are not we'll say engrossed in CrossFit yeah myself included to, 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 the, to this question what does it constitute and what it actually is it for me, this might sound a little deep, but I think it's therapy and I think it's therapy for a lot of people. Some people go and do CrossFit just for a little bit of health, a little bit of fun, a little bit of community. And yet CrossFit appeals to, you know, it can be for everyone, whether you're 17 or 75, anyone can do CrossFit. Um, but yeah, like I said, for me, it's, it is therapy. Um Everybody's got their own little backgrounds and things going on. Um, but for me, growing up, I didn't have the best upbringing, if I'm honest. Mum and dad split up when I was two. Lots of issues surrounding that. Um, when I got into my teens, into the wrong crowds massively. Um, spent most nights with drug addicts. Um, yeah pretty tough times when I was going as a teenager but never actually touched drugs myself even though those friends I were hanging around with were doing it day in day out that was just kind of normal for me seeing them do that they were my friends but looking back I, I just think, how the hell did you never do it when you were hanging around with them people doing that day in, day out? If that were normal, why didn't you do it? And I think it's that... Um, I don't know how to put it, but... Would you say it didn't, re it didn't resonate with your core beliefs, then? Yeah. Yeah. It didn't appeal to me. It's not something I ever wanted to do. Um, I just saw them as being my friends... Um, but to be honest now, I still see some of them, not to talk to, but walking up and down the street in my local village, still drinking cider at like 30 years old. <laughs> and it's just amazing how you can come out of that and turn your life around if you, you know, if you've got the right mindset. Um, and obviously I've, I'm not around that now. I've got a lot of good, really good people around me now. Um so, yeah, it's just being young and not knowing that that were right or wrong, really. But, yeah, that's something that I do take into competitions with me. Um, so when I'm just training in the box day to day, I, you know, I train two to three times a day. I don't think too much about it. I just go in, get it done, enjoy it, throw some weights around with my friends. It's, like, best time of day for me. Um but when I'm going into competition and I'm super nervous or I'm about to do a really horrid ward such as Fran, <laughs> uh, I think we can most can resonate with that one. Um, it's little things like that that I'll think about. And I just think no matter how hard this ward is, you've dealt with worse. So it's those times that you've been through all those negative times and we've all got different things um but use those negatives to turn them into positives and um yeah that's sort of what gets me through those 
hard times when I'm really nervous. So first of all, talk to me about this. You you, you mentioned there, Fran. I'm assuming yeah. that's quite brutal then, because <laughs> what's it? Yes. On paper, it sounds the simplest workout ever. It's um, basically for anyone that doesn't know Fran, it's a benchmark CrossFit wad and it's 21, 15, 9 thrusters, which are quite light, which is basically a front squat into a press. Um, 30 kilos for girls, 42 and a half for men, um, combined with pull-ups. So you'll do 21 thrusters, 21 pull-ups, 15 thrusters, 15 pull-ups, 9 thrusters and 9 pull-ups and then you're done. Sounds super simple, but um, for the elite athletes who are pretty good at these movements, you're talking around three minutes or less, maybe even two minutes for some of the guys. So it's all out, go. Don't think about it. you just got to go. Keep moving. So you basically don't breathe for two to three minutes and you're laid on the floor for about an hour <laughs> afterwards. Um in fact, I think I'd only been doing CrossFit about two weeks at the box that I found that I was telling you about. And Fran came up. Um, obviously, didn't know what it was. So wasn't nervous at all. Went into it and thought, what the hell was that? And in the seven years that I've been doing Fran, I think I've done it four times now. Um, yeah, and if it comes up now, I definitely know what it is. <laughs> and I always get that butterfly feeling. In fact, last year when I did the European Championships, which is one of um, Europe's biggest CrossFit competitions down in Colchester, um, going back there for the fourth time this January, um, they don't tell you what the workouts are until the morning. So already nervous, going down to register, get the workout booklet, um, well, a bit of a programme guide for the day if you like. And in there, first page, workout one, Fran. <laughs> I've not had breakfast at this point, so I'm thinking, why the hell did I pick this programme up before I've had breakfast? So I felt sick, couldn't eat, Oh, God, I'd got about 25 people from my box that had come down to watch me. I remember going into the back, walk, trying to warm up. Didn't have a clue what I was doing. Walked out onto the competition floor. The whole room was spinning. My heart was just pounding. I could hear it above everything else. And the whole three minutes were just a blur. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Um, But, yeah, got through it. Slightly slower time than um, than my best time, uh, mainly due to the fact that we had to climb up onto the rig and stuff each time we had to do the pull-ups, but generally quite impressed with the score. It wasn't too bad. Um, but, yeah, some of the guys that were there, I mean, I think um, when Rich Froning, I can't remember what year it was, but Rich Froning did it. I think it's on YouTube, and I can't remember his exact time. But the time that he got that year would have put him around 90th place last year in the European champs. It was just crazy. Some of the guys were just absolutely flying through it. 
But Kelly, you mentioned to me that, that that mindset that you've got or that perception of it, that you feel anxious. Yeah. Do you think it's because of, and, and I've mentioned this quite a lot recently on the show, in terms of is it a societal thing to look at it, anxiety, mental health, stress, in a negative light as opposed to looking at it more rationally and logically and say, well, the physiological response is the same. Yeah. With all those, with excitement and joy and kind of look at it a bit more positively. And you're going to get those same feelings that you you mentioned in terms of butterflies uh, churning in your stomach, even if you were excited about it. So do you think in the context we need to maybe change our perception of how we're looking at things. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I have got better at this over time. Um, I think if you're someone that struggles in this area, because some people do seem to go into competitions not nervous at all. They seem to thrive off that environment and that feeling. Um, whereas some are really, you know, it can really hinder the performance when they come to a competition compared to how they are at the box. Um, I personally don't have a coach, which a lot of weeks and days I, I do really wish I did. So I've got that person to go to at times like that. But what I've done, um, there's plenty of things out there. There's lots of different mindset apps, um, different emails that you can subscribe to. Um, I know Mayhem do one. That's pretty good. Um, but for me, I think... In fact, I think it all stemmed from a quote that I saw online once and it said something like it were about three days before I was due to do a competition and I saw it online, I think it were on Instagram and it said something like, um, you can't conquer fear, so do it scared. And I thought, how true is that? Um, these feelings are not going to go away. So sometimes, not often because it's quite hard at competitions, but but if you can, just take yourself away, sit down, lay down, whatever, have some time on your own, absorb them feelings, tell yourself that they're completely normal and just go with them, accept them. Adrenaline's obviously a good thing for competition. So, yeah, that's kind of where where I've gone with it they're not those feelings are never going to go away from from me I'm probably always going to be that kind of person so just accepting that they're normal um go out there you're training day in day out anyway it's it's, it's nothing new just go out do your thing enjoy it and I think something that I struggled with for a long long time is comparing myself to other people even now, I still sometimes think, you know, I'll probably go out on that floor in January at European Champs and think I am the worst person on that floor. Every girl out there is better than me. And I still, still think like that. But actually, it, it doesn't matter. You've earned that place to be there. You are good enough. And the only person you are beating is yourself. It really doesn't matter whether you come first or 50th in 
all honesty, as long as you've gone out there, done your thing, given it your best, what else, what else can you ask for? I'm surprised by that comment you just said to me, in terms of, I wouldn't have got that perception of, of seeing your social media presence on Instagram. I wouldn't have put two and those two and two together in terms of like, well, you've got something about you from that perspective. So you, 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 I wouldn't say you lack confidence or anything of that nature. What would you put that down to? That because you said towards the end, you've got the the mindset. It doesn't matter if I finish first or I finish last. So, so the the two comments that you're you're telling me there, they're kind of in conflict with each other. Yeah, because that's the sort of way I'm going with it now. So, like I said, for for a few years, I. I really struggled thinking that I weren't good enough. And I think a lot of girls do think like that. It is a sport, if you if you want to call it that, um, where there's so much to learn. And that's what keeps you going back for more. But some days it can be really disheartening, thinking, I'm not good at this. I'm, not, I'm never going to get this. And I see that day in, day out, not just from myself, but from people coming into my box. Um... It's not just like running where you're just learning to run different pacings. I'm not saying running's easy, it's not. But there's so many different aspects to learn that I think you can give yourself such a hard time um, thinking that you're not good enough or that you're never going to be good enough. Um, And I still do, like I said, I'm not trying to conflict, but I still, those thoughts still creep in quite regular. But the way I'm trying to go with it now is enjoy the process if if you're going into CrossFit it is a long process it takes years to to get pretty good especially to elite level if you like it's not something that you can generally just do within three to six months Um, but what I have noticed is pretty much most of the girls that are in CrossFit now um they're all really supportive of each other. And I think that's just a general thing in, in CrossFit. Um, so if you do go out to a competition and you're feeling nervous, probably 90% of those other girls are feeling nervous as well. And they all want you to do your best as well. So the good thing now, like I said, this will be that my fourth year doing European Champs. Um, I do know quite a lot of the girls, so... Compared to the first year when I went, not knowing anyone, a bit of a rabbit in headlights, if you like, this year, it's quite settling to know that I'll be able to go and a lot of the girls know each other and they will be supportive of each other and you're doing those workouts together. So that's where I was sort of going with it. Trying at, At the end of the day, the only person you are trying to be is yourself so whether that's you're trying to improve from where you qualified whether it's that you know a particular workout's coming up that's not great for you um how you tackle that workout um so for me there's certain movements that I'll know I'll dread if they come up but rather than thinking oh I really don't want to do that workout think how am I going to tackle that workout so it's the best possible outcome for me? So 
yeah, that's sort of where I was going with that. But in terms of the, the, that mentality that I see from what you mentioned with CrossFit, I think it echoes over to probably powerlifting and probably strongman competition because you see it on the television because you get to see the behind the scenes of them be it in the tent. Well, this time while I was recording, well, I think Will Strongman is on the television tonight uh, in the UK. But there's very much, yes, they are competing against each other, but they're also a community and they're going to help each other the best they can. So it's a sense of, I, I think, in all honesty, it's, you won't see it in other sports because from be it from where my background is, you're not going to give a helping hand to your competitor. You might do if it's a, as if it's a national teammate because it's for the greater good of your national, of your country, but you're not going to help out somebody else from another, from another nation. Whereas, <laughs> whereas I think with those sports that I mentioned, I think they don't, it, that the empathy or experience that they've kind of give to each other is kind of a helping hand. I know I've got the confidence within myself that I know I'm going to probably beat you anyway, but if I can give you that support that you can better yourself, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, ultimately, you some people really do look at the leaderboards and obviously want to place the best that they possibly can and that's absolutely great it's particularly the more serious ones especially now such as the um, sanctioned events are, are coming along um, such as strength in depth it, it, you know you are competing against each other ultimately um, and you, you want that top spot I'm not going to deny that but at the end of the day your normal CrossFit competitions, it it is tough. It is tough. CrossFit's becoming much more popular. The competitions are having much bigger numbers in there. It is getting harder and harder and harder to be in that sort of top 10 figure. So, you know, you might go into a competition and there might be 100 people in your category. And I just think this might sound really rubbish to some people, but you know you go out there you give it your best and you have a good time you you don't want that day to be a negative experience or the person that doesn't speak to anyone else or just looks really miserable to me it wouldn't matter if you came 30th or 35th if you came 30th and had a really rubbish day and didn't speak to anyone or came 35th but had a really great day made some great friends enjoyed the experience that to me is a much better day. But that comes down to mindset, and that's that's the perception people have in terms of: do I need to have the blinkers on to be successful? Yeah. Which I would echo that was probably me in my younger years as an athlete, be it as a teenager. I was kind of egotistically driven to perform. I could care less <laughs> if, I, if I beat my times. Which I think, to some degree, I could have got away with that with the heights that I got to at the elite level. Because if if you talk about the people that win medals in the Olympics, yeah, you generally don't forget who won. You forget what the time was or what the performance was. So they remembered. Okay, 
if it's a world record, that's a different story. That that you you're generally because it's played over and over again over time, you won't forget that that perspective. But I think that's the only logical sense where you probably could get away with it. You're at the top, the height of your sport. Yeah, you can have that kind of mindset because, like I mentioned, that you generally don't forget the 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 winner. Okay, if they're a little bit more charismatic. You probably wouldn't forget the nature of that being. I think if we put it from a probably athletical standpoint, you're saying Bolt. Well, you will remember him even without his athletic exploits because he's that charismatic figure. He's the showman, so to speak. So you you don't forget him. The others, you kind of, if you're not engrossed into that, enjoying that sport, you kind of forget all the other ones that are in the field because he's that kind of character. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it completely depends where you're at. I mean, if you're talking going to the Olympics compared to a, a local CrossFit competition, they're two completely different things. So I think if you know if you're a person going into the Olympics, your mindset's probably going to be a lot different to to the other one. Um. Yeah, I think you've got to assess where you're at. I think the thing for me is going back to what I said previously. I got into CrossFit, well, I fell in love with CrossFit because of the feeling that it gave me and the community that it provides. So I think I just sort of asked, like, I've had people, and it almost makes me want to laugh, <laughs> but people have said to me before, um, do you want to go to the games? Is that your goal? Which, for anyone that doesn't know, the CrossFit Games is like it's pretty much the Olympics in, in CrossFit. So it's like something like the top 0.2% or something crazy in the world that go there. It's absolutely insane. Um, now, in all honesty, the games has never actually been a goal of mine. Which, to some people, I think, you, you know, some people think, well, competing at high levels, surely that should be something that you want to look up to achieving. Um, and it is, don't get me wrong, the people that are at the Games are so inspiring. You, you know, you, you can watch the fittest on earth um, and think, wow, that is just mind-blowing. So when I say I don't want to go to the Games... <laughs> obviously I think deep down inside most of us would love to be in that position but what how I try to look at it is if you put if you came into CrossFit for example or any sport just starting out and your sole goal at the beginning was I want to go to the games and you trained and trained and trained for I don't know five years six seven years whatever and you never actually made it to the games how would you feel would you have spent those five years doing what you did or or not because that's how I look at it if whatever your goal is whether it's a competition such as European champs if that's your goal to get somewhere like that or whether it is a really really high-end one such as the games 
would you still enjoy your training? Would you still do what you do day in, day out, regardless of the outcome? And that's that's where I am with it. I love going into my box every day. Well, not every day. I do have a rest day. <laughs> um, but I wake up, this might sound really sad, but I wake up every day absolutely excited to go down there. Now, to people that don't train, that might sound really bonkers. Um, but to the people that do train, I think most can relate to that. Um, like if on my rest days, I'm like the most miserable person. I don't know what to do with myself. Like, you climbing up the walls then? Climbing up the walls. <laughs> Christmas Day, I'm such a Scrooge. We had, you know, we got up with the kids, they opened the presents, it was great. We went to family, had lunch. Um, and then it got to about two o'clock and I'm like, right, what are we going to do? <laughs> but I refrained from going to the gym. Um, and I think that's it for me. I think if you enjoy going and the people, you know, try and surround yourself with people that love it just as much as you, because that makes a massive difference. I mean, yeah, I do train a lot on my own. I've had to because due to the programming and, you know, I am a coach, so I can't jump into my own classes. So a lot of my training is on my own, but there's quite a lot of days where people do jump in with me and it's just amazing to get to do that every day so that's the ultimate thing for me you know health doing what I love and then you know all these big things that are coming from it they are just added bonuses for me um so yeah that's I think I think you bring up a good point there Kelly in terms of it's looking at what are your priorities in life. It's like, well, people saying, isn't your goal to attain, well, we'll call it in essence the, the top of the mountain for your specific sport. It's like, well, no, no you've got to kind of reevaluate for yourself because like you mentioned, if you go down the line in a couple of years' time and say, well, I spent all this time on this, missed out on other opportunities as a result, and come yeah. to regret it, you're going to feel awful on yourself. But I think on the one hand, I think you need to look at it with a little bit more optimism and being a little bit realistic with yourself. If you did do want to do that and you didn't make it, you need to reflect on it in a way that, okay, I at least tried to achieve that. It didn't work out. Or at least to give it a crack it's it, and look at it more positively whereas I think with you your example being it's not for you it's it's you put more priority probably on um, this notion of probably the business and your family life as opposed to that the, the the sport so I was taught this years and years ago in, in, in swimming when I was about 15 and 16 about this triangle You've got your education, your sport, and your social life. Well, one's got to give. So it's it's picking which one that is. And that's very much going to be individualistic. With me back then, it was obviously a full-time education. That's no-brainer. I've got no choice. I've got to do it. And I want to get to the heights of the elite level in sport. So the social life has got to give way. Whereas 
and I had mentioned this uh, in in with the, as we were recording with the previous one, which will go out the previous week, that I probably missed that opportunity from developing those relationships, be it he said friendships. It's like, well, friendships probably not. Those didn't go because the the, the people that I'm associating with are similar, similarly like-minded, quite driven individuals. They are within sports. So that one's, that's not probably the relationships that I lost. It was probably uh, those relationships maybe romantically or at university that kind of had to be put to one side because it wasn't a priority. It was, I was set on these tracks figuratively and I'm not going to deviate from it. Everything else is on the periphery, isn't important. Whereas I think maybe when I got to about 25, and was probably not questioning my existence as an athlete, but I wanted to kind of go out of the status quo, so to speak. Okay, let's let's dabble in in the the social the social life expert, and and, and I have that well. Uh, kind of alternative, ulterior lifestyle away from sport. Okay, they they were complete opposites. The 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 people that I associated with, and when I was doing the volleyball, but it worked for me because it was like, well, I spend enough time with you, and living with them. It's like I th- we we all did take our time away from each other. It's like well, four to six hours is enough time with you. I want to spend the other 12 with myself or be it with somebody else that is not like me. in sporty environment because it's like, well, you live in each other's pockets, you are going to get on each other's nerves. So I think it's in extended families to a certain extent because you come to, I won't say rely on the individual, but when it comes crunch time, it's going to make or break those those bonds in, in a sporting env- environment, especially a team one, because you are close knit. That that is obviously gonna get better the longer the time you spend together, and it's developing those networks. Whereas, I think I'm trying to come to my point with this. I think it's going to come down to the individual basis as to what you prioritize, because when you get older it's going to be more difficult to be able to, in a sense, come out of your comfort zone because you are, well, if I use myself as the example now, if it's in a sporting environment or an educational one, I'm fine. It's, it doesn't bother. There's certain circumstances, and you're probably the same in the sport one, where you do stand off a little bit because there is somebody that's better than you, so you'll kind of say, well... Oh, he's better than me. I'll, I'll let him uh, him do that. Whereas, that's not a good thing sometimes because you're going to be standoff and not willing to put in the work at times because oh, there's somebody else who can do that better yeah. than me. So why should I? Why should I do it? Whereas I think, when you, and more specifically when I did a individual sports, I didn't think like that. It's like, well, you're in my, you're you're speculatively in my way, what can I do to be better than you? And then I'm in your way and I'm going to do everything in my power to do that. And and actually questioning things when people say, and it's 
this is probably when was the last time I heard this one. In terms of, I think, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was listening to one the other day. He was saying he would turn those can'ts into can't, and I think I was a similar mi- mindset. It's like, well, okay, you, and this is even family. I'm talking about. Oh, I don't perceive this as a job that you you should be doing. You shouldn't need to go down a different career path. No, no, no. This is what I'm doing. I, I I'm going to take on board what you say, but I'm going to do it anyway. And it's that kind of mentality that I think, as long as you're not doing any harm to yourself or anybody else, I yeah, think that's exactly. a notion everybody should uh, um, employ. Yeah, I think it comes down to self-belief as well. Um, you know, it's quite easy to be intimidated by someone else, like you said, oh, they're better than me, They automatically they're going to smash me at this ward or what, whatever it is, whether it's powerlifting, CrossFit, whatever. Um, but actually, if you can flip that on its head and just think, well, actually, you never know. Give it a go. Get rid of that negativity. Um, everybody's equal at the end of the day. Um, but going back to what you were saying about social nights and family and things like that. I mean, I was listening to a podcast um, the other week. I can't remember what it was called, but um, it was talking about Catherine, who um, CrossFitters all know who Catherine is. She's obviously the fittest woman on earth. Um, won the CrossFit Games twice. Um, now, someone like Catherine, her goal is purely the games and being the fittest woman on earth she moved away from a family pretty much just shut everything off and it was pretty much day in day out her her coach and her training now someone like that that's kind of what you need to do to be at that level that's her sole goal shutting everything off every other distraction um and that's great for her but realistically, the other 99.9% of the population have got full-time jobs, they've got families, they've got various stresses going on. Um, and I think it's just about managing those the best you can. I think a lot of us in these, in these days are bombarded with far too many things, whether it's down to social media, Um and I, it was actually a couple of months ago, but things were getting quite hectic. I just felt like I never got two minutes to myself. So I think every now and then just have a sit down, reassess everything that's going on day to day in your life. And is there anything that you can get rid of? Whether that's people you follow on social media, whether that's getting a cleaner for your house. <laughs> it sounds really silly, but if you you know, I'm not saying everybody can afford a cleaner, but if that's something that matters to you and you're really struggling to, to find time to do that, just little things that can make such a big difference to your over, overall mental health and well-being. Um, and just prioritise things that matter to you. And like Catherine's just got that one thing. Realistically, most of us have probably got five things, whether that's work, kids, family, um, but just scrutinising them down to as little things as you can and making those the most important things so you're getting more more quality out of those things rather than lots of things 
and it just been touched on the surface with each thing, if that makes sense. But I think with you mentioning Catherine, I think I would go with there with a little bit of scepticism because when she does actually retire, yeah, I I think she might be contrary to this argument. But a lot of athletes, when they actually do step away, and they were solely engrossed like that, psychologically, yeah, they can't they can't identify with they kind of don't know where they lie in society because I see myself solely out and out as this person, as an athlete. This is my social persona. Now yeah. that I don't have that anymore, who am I? So I think I, I I'm I'm not saying she's going to be like that or she is like that right now in her conscience but that could be a problem in the future definitely i've actually got a friend that um was into bodybuilding and she did absolutely amazing she you know always had an amazing figure anyway and still has but managed to i don't know i don't know how long it took her actually probably about a year maybe not even that and she decided that she was going to um do a show you know, the ones where they wear the bikini and go on stage. And she managed to cut right down. She looked absolutely incredible. And she won that show that she, you know, that were a goal. She went out and she absolutely smashed it. Um, But now really suffers badly with depression. And her image of herself, like now, she's just got a really lovely, normal, well... Well, I don't know what your class is normal these days, but we'll go with that as a normal, lovely, round size 10 figure. But because she's not absolutely ripped, she can't deal with that. But obviously, to be living day in, day out like she were, I mean, like she you know, they dehydrate themselves and, you know, to get that look for that one day. Obviously, you can't live like that day in, day out, but she's really, really struggling with that. Um, and I don't know how you get... I don't know how you get around that, to be honest. Um, there's obviously people that you have around you which massively help. And it's just, you know, different, like going back to the apps, the apps have helped me a lot. Even if you can just have 10 minutes a day, five, 10 minutes a day, just to yourself, listening to one of those where there's no other distractions. Because this day and age is just so busy. There's always something going off, emails to answer, phone going off, work. Um, yeah, it is, it's hard. It is hard, I suppose, when you've been somewhere and people look to you like that and then all of a sudden you're not that anymore but I think you've just got to be proud of what you have achieved and you know think life changes it's always changing you're always going to be like you said when you were younger they were your priorities your priorities are different now you can only make decisions to the best of your knowledge at that time we're always going to make mistakes um, and possibly have regrets, <laughs> but you just got got to do your best at that time. 
But I think in an echo of what you said about your friend, I think with me, with, with my, with my issues with anxiety more recently, I had, was very, say body conscious. I would interpret things. Oh God, how do I even explain this? How people would say your face look, I think the example I'll use, your face looks thin today and I'll blow it out of proportion thinking, what, what do you mean by that? My face looks. <laughs> Because I had issues, I think, without going into too much detail, I was had to go into hospital. But I had, well, I people assumed that I collapsed. I think I had a really bad panic attack, and didn't because I wasn't aware or kind of coming to terms with what was happening. Thinking, well, something really bad's happened, so you kind of blow it out of proportion. But when I came back to work. And people were saying that to you, thinking, I'm quite a healthy person. Do you mean I look ill? Do I look like I've lost weight? There's no context to it. But, and I was, I would kind of running around with my own thoughts and say, what do they mean by that? Whereas I think I took a step back and, and kind of asked the people, well, what do you mean by that? Because from where I'm coming from, it could be one or two things. It's, well, you've lost weight, which is not a bad thing. Or if I look ill, that's 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 not great either because I need to, I can't what you are able to see without me looking in a mirror I can't see it. So what you have that. Whereas I think now, after saying that and and talking about the issue, I'm a little bit better because what I perceive in the mirror. You talk of that emphasis of being ripped. The anxiety gave me that, and people were like, oh. How did you get so quote unquote slim? It's like, well, it's because of this and probably other think factors as well. Thinking, and they were talking about, oh, I'd love telling that. No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't wish that on anybody to be in yeah. a state of always in their head and and kind of playing things over and over. Be it, it wasn't a traumatic experience per se, but it was to me. But it's not a good thing because you're still delving in the past and I'm not yeah. moving forward. So you've either got, as the person I was interviewing today who will go out previous to this episode was talking about, you've either pushing the, the, the stress, the anxiety away with one hand and you're going to give, that, that weight's going to eventually give way and it's going to come on top of you or it's in front of you and you, you can't actually see the world in front of you. So it's... You need to, and this is probably where I come to to be able to probably move forward. Is you come to accept it. It's 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 a part of you at this present moment. You, as you might as you put it, fear is something we can't get rid of. So you might as well not entice it in, but accept it and go at it scared, because the both of the two natures are hardwired into us. DNA. Uh, genetically so instead of running away from it which is a response you can kind of stand and fight i can't remember the other one fight flight or because the old days it was used two is three you know, and the other one eludes me but in terms of you could do that you can either run away stand and fight or you kind of stand still it's 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 you choose because it's it's this notion that i mentioned previously physiologically they're the same response. It's, it's it's how you 
interpret that information mentally is how you're going to deal with it. So I think if you come from a from a that of positivity, you kind of get that sense of like a warm feeling, as opposed to oh, I don't even know how would you describe doubt. You don't feel at ease with yourself, so it's like, well, which which would you rather have? What be be happy and jovial, which I've written, I think a post somewhere on Google, the, this the, either last week or this week, and determined that that the actual normal state we quote unquote normal that we're in is is happy. The other two is we acquire it according to the situation. So it's like, well. If you want to be happy, it's a process. So it's coming to terms with the situation, stepping back and reevaluating things. I think you'll be in a better light as opposed to looking at it emotionally in the moment, either losing your temper, which does nobody any good, uh, being upset and kind of step back and maybe look into the perspective from their shoes and see why they're having a go at you in this particular moment, um, or get them to step back and say, well, okay, me having a go at them does them no good because why, why do I need to put my feelings onto them? Whereas you, you, you said take that minute, those minutes to yourself to step away. Well, maybe you need to do that to, to in a sense, burn off your frustration. Well, the, the gym is a good example of that. It's, it's a, it, it would be one way to do. Uh, I don't know cro- CrossFit, uh, boxing, you name it. That's more productive. You, 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 you it's a win-win. You're, you're getting rid of frustration, but you're getting something from it. So I think that notion where you need to vent something, maybe go out and do something productive instead. Whereas I think we're not, we don't think of it in that way. It's like, oh, you're a family member. Let me vent my. angst on you you you're gonna take it because you love me whereas thinking and this is only something i i I learned last week on listen to another podcast like yeah he's got a fair point why why should somebody else have to even listen to my problems why why should they it's my it's my problem i've got to deal with it i i should and it's probably echoes I'll go back further. I used to do it loads as a, as a as an athlete in my twenties and teens. Be pick up the phone. This problem has arisen to me. Let's dump it on you. I've moved on. Whereas they have to deal with it. You're thinking that's a bit heartless and selfish. And it's not until I probably retired now. I'm thinking, yeah, that was a heartless act. It's like I've moved on, but they still have to deal with it, and they can't do anything about it from a from a performance standpoint because I've got all the power it's, it's whichever way I decide to go will yeah. determine what I how how successful I am in that arena whereas they could be supportive and that's about it they can't they can't do the training they can't we'll have that conversation with the certainly and they probably could but it what harm would that do to you as an athlete having your family fight your battles whereas I think at times you need to go it alone from that and kind of push through, have that dialogue with the coach. Well, this is what I think. Do it, yeah. kind of do it after the fact and say, <laughs> well, I thought we maybe should have done it this way. 
and you can have that two-way dialogue as opposed to going head head on with the coach and say, no, no, I don't think it should be that way at all. But it, it, I think it comes down to, to that and to kind of come to my point in terms of the body image one, it's maybe to look at, yeah, she was happy at being ripped, but you can't sustain that 365 days a year. It's what at what cost is that going to um, either affect you or people around you as a result? And I I did a show on that long long time ago, which I'll probably link in the in the description. In terms of looking at being at a lower body percentage, looking at the pros and cons. Okay, there's society wise, the pro the pro is. It's, it's quote unquote that perfection type figure, but people don't think of the consequences of it as well. No, I think people don't see what goes in day in day out, what they have to live with, um, which obviously social media has become very good at showing all the highlights and what we should be. Um, unfortunately, that's just the society that we live in nowadays. But I think if you if you try and learn how how to deal with that um it does make it slightly easier and going back to what you were saying um with you know taking it out on people and how you perceive comments and things like that I mean most of us have bad days I have bad days quite often my patience levels are not the best most days um it'd be quite easy for me and I'm sure a lot of people to just take it out on someone else in that particular moment because you're feeling really rubbish or someone said a slight comment, you took it one way when actually they never meant it that way. But then a few hours later, you've trained or done something positive and you feel absolutely fine and you've forgot about whatever it is was bothering you. So I think, yeah, you do have to sort of, when you're feeling really rubbish or someone said something to you, just taking a step back, almost, it's hard, but take it with a pinch of salt, reflect on it. If it if it is a big problem, um, like something that's really bothered you or something that's really upset you, then most of us have got that person that we can speak to, either just to vent or ask for another opinion. But yeah, most of the time it's just something and nothing. And, you know, when you have done something such as trained or whatever it is you enjoy, you do feel a lot better. That's that's why I think such as CrossFit or powerlifting or whatever it is, if you can find something that you enjoy, a lot of these mental health issues that could turn into something worse, much worse, are actually nipped in the bud quite early. Like I said before, I think CrossFit is therapy to a lot of people. Like I, I've got um, an autistic son; he's only seven. Um, so we're going through quite a tough time with him at the minute, and I mean, you know, life is difficult for him. I, I won't wish it on anybody, but dealing with him as a parent is demanding, and it's really tough, and it takes a lot of physical and mental effort and then 
I think some parents that could potentially be in the same situation would probably see going to the gym or having an hour out for themselves as selfish. But actually, if I have that hour for myself, I know I can be a better mum to him. So I, I do think you have got to be, if you want to put it like that, selfish. You've got to look after yourself to be able to look after other people for definite. Um, so yeah, that that's my thing. That's what keeps me going. So my penultimate question to you, Kelly, is if if you had to get somebody to challenge their perception of their mindset, how would you get them to start to do that? Sorry, can you just repeat that just so I'm sure what you're saying? If, In your opinion, yep. if you wanted to get somebody to challenge their perception and their mindset, how would you get them to do it? Very good question. Um, going back to another quote, actually, I do love quotes. <laughs> um There was another quote that, that sticks with me and will probably stick with me forever. Um, and it's called, jump and grow wings on the way down. I think a lot of us hold back on a lot of things in life, in general, whether that's training, job changes, just general decision making, if you like. Um and I just think if it's something that you want to do or you're not happy with, just go for it. I I was in that exact same situation, leaving midwifery. I had no job to go to. We'd not got the box. We'd not, you know, we'd not got anything. It was all in the pipeline, but we weren't sure if it was happening. Um, and I left midwifery in November because I'd absolutely had enough. I was unhappy. I was hardly sleeping due to the night shifts that were so varied. Um, trying to look after my autistic son, as I said before, he was having lots of problems at school. Due to the nature of the job, I couldn't even answer my phone because I was generally in theatre dealing with an emergency. So if school rang, couldn't deal with what was going on at school. Um, so it was a ma massive decision um, for me to leave. But sometimes you've got to just make those decisions and you, you, yeah, it's hard. It's, you know, it, money's not everything, but it is a, it's a big thing. So in that situation, you know, you're like, will I be able to pay my mortgage and so, so on and so on. But if I'd not done that, I would have constantly lived with what if and I wouldn't have what I have today and I am honestly the happiest I've ever been. I feel like I can be a mum. I can feel like I can be a good coach. Um, I love, love, love seeing people come in and, you know, just smashing it and not just smashing CrossFit, but how they change as people. I mean, being a female coach, I've had lots and lots of women join our box with zero, zero confidence, um, you know, down to little things I mean in CrossFit a lot of the female CrossFitters wear little booty shorts you may have seen um so a lot of these female members coming in seeing that at the beginning was like 
I would never ever dream of doing that. But then now they're doing that. And last month we did a naked calendar to raise money for an autism charity. And it's just amazing to see. So I think to change your mindset, it's not just something you can do overnight. I think it's lots of little things. So find something that you enjoy doing. For me, like I said, it's CrossFit. It's that community. It's that suffering because it is really, really hard. Um, But those people are suffering with you. And if you're the last to finish, they're cheering you on. They're the ones giving you the high five afterwards. Um, Having those people that you can talk to. um, One of the things that I struggled with probably for the first six, seven months of opening the gym was that you was the person that people would come to with problems. So I felt like as much as I loved the coaching, and obviously still do, I felt like a lot of the time you were a bit of an agony aunt. So you were being loaded with other people's problems constantly. And I felt like I had to put this bit of a show on and, you know, I was okay everything was okay um, and I was there to look after them, which I am, but I'm human as well and I've got different problems and some days I'll feel lower than others. But I think just being able to go back to that happy place day in, day out, it is a bit of like a sanctuary for people. You know, people have said that to me. Um, you, You do come out daily feeling much, much better. So, yeah, changing mindset, not something you can do overnight, but lots of little things, reevaluate situations. Going back to what I said before, if you've got lots and lots and lots of things going on, prioritise what's important to you. Get rid of things, even little things like social media. I mean, it's, it's a massive, massive tool now. It's been great for me, but it can be negative as well. You know, there's various comments that fly around on there that I get. Um, or it might be people that you follow that you don't really want to follow. Um, unfollow them. Don't be scared, even if they're your friend. I know that sounds really harsh, but if that's some, if you know, if they're posting daily and it's something that bothers you, or it gets you down for whatever reason, something that I did, I started unfollowing certain people and instantly felt much better not having that negative impact on you nobody's going to think any less you know we're all human we're not going to get on with everyone um so yeah just using social media wisely because that can be a a big downfall sometimes into how you're feeling definitely and my final question to you before we wrap up the episode is if you had to summarize what we've been speaking about today into one sentence for people to take away what would that be (laughs) oh i'm known for blabbing this is hard to summarize into one sentence um but i will try ultimately do what makes you happy um because i think if you're happy everything else just sort of falls into place. I mean, we're not, we're never going to be 100% happy. You know, people portray that daily, 
Um, we're not. It's not realistic. But choose things that make you happy and you won't really go far wrong. So once again, Kelly, thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, James. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, the pleasure has been all mine. Super. Thank you. If you like this episode, please do share it with your friends and do let Kelly and I know what you thought of the episode by tagging us over on Instagram at kelbaker5 and at jamesoroberts11. And you can do the same on Twitter and Facebook. And again, do check out my free content at fitamputee.co.uk forward slash free dash resources. Make sure to check that link out. The link will be in the description. You can find all the show notes at mindsetgame.lipsum.com under the category sports. So once again, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next week for another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast.